Welcome to another episode of That's So Fetch, where we talk about dating, Torah, and everything in between. As always, I'm very excited to be here with a friend of mine who lives right down the block, Maya Gronman. Hey. Thank you so much for being here. So Maya is an assistant media planner for Cross Media, and she also has, uh, she does freelance social media marketing with her own business, Gronman Media. She also works for this dating app called Basharit that we're going to talk a little bit more about, and she runs their marketing. So we're very excited to talk about all sorts of things, dating, feminism, and Basharit. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and this is also very exciting. We have to paint a picture for you all, our Moscow mules that we made, and we're just living a high life on a Wednesday, just like enjoying, you know, making the most of COVID times. And actually, Maya and I are in the same pod, so I have her here in person, which is a first, and the last episode I had person was... March of last year, and it was right when YU had closed down, and this woman that I had was teaching at YU, and she was like, yeah, it's a little scary, we were gonna cancel, <laughs> but we didn't, and so we're here, and then everything went remote, but we're back. I'm so excited, it's been so nice having Rebecca in my pod, and really taking advantage of, like, post-vaccine life now, thank God. Yeah, staying hopeful for the future. Yes. That's all we can do at this point. Yes. So we're going to talk a little bit about just dating and struggles, trials and tribulations, dating apps, and then we're going to talk a little bit about feminism. And in honor of Women's History Month, I really wanted to focus this episode on feminist journeys and like empowering our various feminist journeys. I know personally, I've definitely had some struggles in the recent months with acknowledging my feminism and like coming to terms with it. And so I'm really excited to have Maya here to talk more about things like that. Yeah, I'm really excited. I just want to say I'm not an expert in any way about feminism, but it is something I'm passionate about. So I'm excited to, you know, share my thoughts. Yeah, we don't we don't need experts here. We're just we're just chilling. So let's start easy and light. And I just want to ask you, what was the most amazing date you've ever been on? Hmm, it's been a while since like a good date, but I think like. It was actually a really underrated one. It was a first date, like, pre-pandemic. And we just went out to dinner somewhere on the Upper West Side and just had, like, a good conversation. And, like, we didn't really end up... I don't even know if we met up again. But, like, it was just nice to connect with someone over dinner, you know? Um, Much better than, like, just going to a coffee shop or, like, talking endlessly on a dating app with no end. So it was just nice to, like, get out and connect with someone. Even though, like... It didn't go anywhere in the end. I think that was just like, just felt like a magical New York moment. That's nice. Where did you guys go to dinner? Talia's Steakhouse. Oh, fancy. Yeah. That's fun. Um, my go-to there is, I think it's the chicken mushroom marsala with the mashed potatoes, whatever that is. Yeah. I've also had their chicken and waffles there, which is oh, great. I've never had chicken and waffles. So I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about it either. It was fun to try, but like, I was like, I don't get the hype, but it wasn't bad. I get that. I but get definitely that. Fun, something fun to try. I've also had the- 
Okay, so in honor of a year in COVID, I wanted to focus some of these dating questions on like reflections that I've had for a year in COVID when it comes to dating. And one of the things I've noticed is that relationships are moving at very different paces. So, you know, if it's like you're single and you're dating, they're moving at like a much slower pace I've found. And for relationships that have already progressed to the next level, I feel like people are really making their decisions of like, what's next? Like, are you gonna break up? Or are you gonna get engaged? Um, and I think that, you know, there's probably a lot of people listening to this that have been going through breakups for that very reason. And I think breakups are always a really relevant dating topic. So I wanted to ask Maya about her like top breakup tips to like get through breakups. Yeah, so obviously breakups are super difficult and they're not fun, but I think it's really important to show like love and care for yourself during that time. Um, it's not going to be easy and no one expects you to bounce back quick, like right away. So I think you need to have for yourself the expectation that like you're not going to bounce back right away. You're not going to be perfect. You have to let yourself have time to like have those feelings, sit on the couch in your pajamas and eat ice cream. But then when you do feel ready, um, sort of shaking off all um, all of that and the couch potato-ness and learning how to be by yourself again. I think a lot of times we're in relationships, especially ones that don't end up working out we usually get so wrapped up in the relationship we sometimes forget about ourselves and I think when you have a breakup sometimes you have to learn how to be by yourself and really how to love yourself again yeah. so I think that's really important do you think there's like a specific time which like you know like when you need to bounce back like how do you decide like okay I'm done like it's enough wallowing I honestly never know the answer to that question I really think it depends on the person and like the situation yeah but I think sometimes Sometimes you can do it based off a of feel, and sometimes you just have to, you know, if it feels like it's a little too long, you can be like, okay, this is my last day, week, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to feel my feelings. And then sometimes you have to pull yourself out of that. It doesn't yeah. just happen naturally. So I really think it depends, and you got to feel it out. But For sure. both are totally fine, you know? Yeah, that's really good advice. I definitely think it's, like, okay to mourn a relationship and, like, very important. And sometimes, like, difficult feelings aren't fun to face, so we resist them. But, like, the only way to deal with them is really to face them. And truth is I fall short of that all the time. So it's, like, kind of a constant journey. Um, yeah, and sometimes you're not ready to face them, like, right away. But, like, when you are ready, like, let yourself feel them. Like, yeah. no one's perfect. And, like, you would yeah. let your friends feel them. So you got to let yourself feel them. So true. I love a good cry. Sometimes you I just need to, like, cry. you feel it coming and you have to let it out. You know, sometimes when you're like, oh, you know what would make me feel better? A good cry. Yeah. You can't make it happen. Yeah, that's the worst. I, I call my like... mom when that happens. Oh, nice. Because I know immediately I'm going to lose it. With her? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I barely, like, will have to, like, I don't know. When I feel like I need to cry and just to get it out, I'll call her, start talking about it, and I'll just, like, lose it. I'll be like, oh, I felt better now. Like, wow. Yeah, it just works. Wow. Try calling your mom. I mean, just call your mom anyway. She'll appreciate it. And so one of the biggest things I like to talk about on That's So Fetch is how dating is actually really hard. And I think we grow up with this idea that dating is romantic and fun and like sexy, but the reality is it's also very vulnerable and scary. So I wanted to ask Maya what her biggest struggle was, has been in dating. And also if there's something specific that relates to being a feminist whilst also dating in the Jewish world, how she feels about that. First of all, dating is hard. And I'm very jaded this week. But, you know, that could change next week. Sure. Um, Check back next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll follow up. Um, I think the biggest struggle with me in terms of feminine, from a feminist lens and in the dating world 
is that I'm a hopeless romantic, but I'm also a very strong feminist. And I think society portrays those things as like really clashing and as if they don't go together. And I think for myself, I've always struggled with that. Like when I realized I was a feminist and that um, I wanted certain things in a relationship and I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of gender roles. How did that deal? Like, how did that go with the parts of me that like, you know, love a good bouquet of flowers, like a guy to pay for a first date? You know, those things like are really conflicting for me for a while. And I think sometimes they still are. I think for me, like loving a guy to buy me a bouquet of flowers is where that like hopeless romantic comes in. But I also just really love flowers. And I don't want to feel like I'm sitting here waiting for the right guy to buy me flowers. Whenever I see flowers at Trader Joe's or something that I really like, I go out, go out of my way to like treat myself to those flowers and buy them. Of course, there's been people who have been like, oh, are these for someone special? And I'm like, yeah, they're for me. Um, and I think like, finding that balance between treating yourself, taking care of yourself and, you know, doing things for you um, and not waiting for a man to do them while also still appreciating when a man does do those things for you. I think there's like a balance somewhere in there. And it's definitely not something that like I'm, you know, a gray area I'm fully comfortable in yet, but it is definitely one of my biggest struggles. Would you be happy if someone did buy you flowers? Yeah, I don't think I would be like, how dare you buy these for me? I'm a feminist. Mm. I think I would appreciate them, but I think I don't, I also, I th also think I don't have to wait around for a man to buy me flowers, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buying flowers is a beautiful thing. You shouldn't have to wait for a man to buy yeah, you flowers. Yeah, I love flowers. Do you feel like you have other struggles in terms of, like, guys not meeting your expectations when it comes to feminism? Like, do you feel like they let you down or... I think guys in general let me down. I don't know if it necessarily has to do with feminism. Oh, okay. Scratch feminism. They're just disappointments. They're just disappointments. <laughs> the takeaway from this is that if you want Maya to fall in love with you, now you know you need to buy her flowers. And that's all. And not be a disappointing man. No, take that last part out. Keep and just try, try your hardest to not be a disappointment. I, I mean, I think And we all, know it's hard. I think all people should buy each other flowers and should just in their life try to not be a disappointment. So good, not just if you PC want to date answer. me. It's a good PC <laughs> answer. Good. She's, she's a, she's a chiller. She's not like, don't stress anyways. Marketing. Marketing. <laughs> and one of the last things I want to talk about in terms of a year in COVID is this difficulties of burnout and being single during the pandemic, because at least for me personally, like dating has just lost some of its luster because you can't do all the fun things that you used to do and it's just not as exciting and sometimes you just want to take a break and it feels like it's not okay to take a break. But, you know, how do you know when you need to take a break and like how do you let yourself be like okay with taking a break? Yeah, I don't know. Like we were talking about this earlier this week and it really made me think like, I've definitely been feeling jaded about dating and stuff this week. And I don't know, maybe that is the point where I'm supposed to take a break. I feel like nowadays with COVID, we always have to be on apps and putting ourselves out there virtually because there isn't that opportunity for that like fun meet cute at shul, you yeah. know, like that's gone. And I'm hoping like as things warm up, I really, really hope it warms up um, that like we'll be able to get back outside and be in the parks more. And like that will not only feel like a break, socially just like in general for like our minds and just like taking a break and stepping away from like online dating and just sort of like getting out and meeting people again whether it be for like a romantic reason or yeah. just like getting out there yeah and that's honestly what I'm holding out for at this moment I get that and like 
you know, like maybe I take, take a step back until then. But I think it's really hard to take a step back and feel like you're not doing anything when, you know, you can't meet people randomly yeah, now. It's it, so like you true. can't. That's it, why it's like you feel even more guilty for taking a break because at the very least in the pre-times, like if you took a break, you knew like you were still running around, like seeing people, meeting people. Yeah. Like there's I, n- not that like, you know, you can just. Yeah. The spontaneity of life is just gone. Yeah. I think so. a lot of times people talk about just being yourself and dating. And right now, you can be yourself and do that at home. But no one's going to see it. You know, there's no one across the room who can appreciate that. <laughs> so you have to, like, do it on an app. But, like, yeah. apps are fake. So, like, Which, I don't think there's a good answer right now. I really don't. That's what Quetch episodes are going to be quite exciting in a few months, I can imagine. I'd just like it to be known that I already switched my closet over. And it's supposed to snow this week. <laughs> so I'm very much ready if for you, the season. If you to manifest, if you just decide like it's spring now, like typically it'll become spring. I've been trying that like for the last week and it worked last week. Today I was wearing like a tank top and a floral skirt and I was like, yeah, spring. And it just like wasn't. I happening. think that's so funny you put on a tank top today. Like it was just cold. I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> but it still makes me laugh. <laughs> this is a perfect segue for us to talk about dating apps. Yes, this is. <laughs> <laughs> and in particular, the dating app that you run marketing for, but share it. I'd love for you to tell me a little bit more about the app itself and its features. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I know I just trashed online dating, but I think that's just where my mindset is at this week. But on weeks when I'm not down about the weather and being online, um, you know, I'm out there on the apps trying to make, you know, connections and, you know, trying to connect in this new world. And while I've been trying to do that, I actually came across Basharat and I've started working for them um, because I really believe in their mission and their unique goal. I find it so much different than the other dating apps and Jewish dating options out there. So Basharat, we like to call ourselves not a hookup app and not a shidduch app. We like to see ourselves fitting comfortably in the middle. Um, We have a lot more prompts like a hinge does, but we are specifically for Jews looking to find their partner. Um, you know, it's not a resume. There's not like some random person at a shul trying to set you up. You can take your dating into your own hands while feeling comfortable being in an environment that other Jews are serious about their dating life. Um, one thing I really love about the app is that it's not like, are you kosher? Yes or no. Are you orthodox? Yes or no. It's all about spectrums. The app has like a different, um, has spectrums for things like keeping kosher, Shomer Shabbos. And you can like, I think it, you can choose where within that spectrum you fall. And I think it's really important. Um, something I've realized as a Jew is mm-hmm. that our Jewish practice isn't black or white. You know, not everyone is going to practice the same way. And what you're looking for doesn't have to be black or white. And so that's what I really love about the app is acknowledging that everyone has a different Jewish journey and a different story and embracing that and embracing that in others. Um, it's definitely not your traditional dating app. We have users who are looking for heterosexual relationships, users who are looking for homosexual relationships. It's all about embracing your Jewish journey um, and being comfortable with your Judaism and embracing other people's Judaism. Um, so that's one of the reasons I um, really appreciate Basharat and I'm really happy to be a part of the team. One of the other really fun features um, is the matchmaker feature. So if you have a friend who's in a relationship, but you know, wants to, you know, help you out, they can join the app as just a matchmaker and they can set up their contacts. So, you know, like there's a the classic thing of looking through someone's Facebook, but this is similar, but you can do it through the Bashar app. <laughs> That's um, a good point. 
Yeah, so how does it uh, differentiate from, like, J-Swipe and Hinge? Yeah, so they're, unlike J-Swipe, um, it's not like, are you kosher, yes or no? Like, it, it there's a spectrum where you can say you keep halal yisrael or you eat dairy out, wow. you know? Wow, that's really specific. Yeah, and you can choose where in that you fall. I think each person has a different definition of even what, like, eating dairy out means to them, and obviously, like, that might not be in your whole bio, but, like, you can choose where on that spectrum you lie. Um, it's also different than a J-Swipe because we have different prompts, and so there's conversation starters. Yeah. And um, it's not a hinge because everyone on there is looking for a Jewish partner, um, yeah. which makes it much easier than going through hinge and trying to figure out who is, like, the same level of Judaism that you are and what you're comfortable with. Totally, yeah. And I've actually personally been on Bashir and have really enjoyed it, and I think the prompts are really good conversation starters as opposed to, like, hinge, which, like, I don't know about anyone listening here, but there are times when I'm scrolling on Hinge and, like, everyone just kind of, like, morphs into the same person. And, like, if I, do, if I like, don't see a dog in the first photo, like, that's surprising <laughs> to me. Or, like, a non-travel photo or, like... Have you noticed that all guys have a picture um, in Florence? They have a dog. A dog? There's or, always a dog. But there's always that Florence picture. <laughs> like, there's this overlooking Florence and, like... Oh, the specific, like, this there's, spot? There's, like, a specific spot and all the guys have a picture there. And I'm just like, did you go on a trip together? Oh my god! Like, how do you all have this picture? Did no. you not go anywhere else in Italy? Like, <laughs> so hear that. It's so crazy. I've been doing this thing where, like, I talk to people in real life, and then I like hear what they say, and I think, like, I kind of think in hinge prompts at this point. So, like, oh my god. someone will be like, oh, it's so interesting. Did you know, like, a grapefruit was a mix of like a pomelo and like a sweet orange? And I was like, fact that might surprise you. Like. <laughs> Literally, it just, like, comes into my head, you know? It's like, I'm weirdly attracted to. Like, I have them in my head. I don't know how to get rid of it. Wait, so do you want to rewrite my profile for me since, like, this is just your zone? For sure. I can try. I mean, the truth is it's because I don't think, like, Hinge plays to my, like, creative wit. So, like, if I hear something outside Mm, of me that's, like, working, then, like, I'll try it. Also because, like, you know, sometimes there's just not so much movement on the app. So, like, you got to switch up your prompts every once in a while. I will say what I've learned is when I did two truths and a lie. I have that one. That people one responded. Always, people respond. And I always respond to those. Mm. You know, like that, like if I see that, I'll usually respond to it and people respond to mine. Yeah. And it's like a good conversation yeah. starter. It, which actually reminds me I should bring it back because fact that is interesting is funny and cute, but like two truths and a lie invites a like a debate. And there's like, there's a question there, you know, like here's yeah. a fact about me. I'm like, oh, cool. Right. But this is like, I'm challenging you. You've mm-hmm. got to respond. So rounding back to our Basharit conversation, where can the app be found and why should you download it? Yeah, so Basharit can be found on any of the app stores. I think it's the Google Play Store and the Apple Store. Um, Really, in my mind, the reason you should download it is because, I don't know about you, but I get tired of looking through JSwipe, not being able to tell if the person is like, what I'm looking for religiously and I'm tired of looking through Hinge the same way. And like, you know, on Bashir, you can see what they are, where they stand, and what they're comfortable with. Yeah. And I think you don't have to define yourself. I always struggle to define myself, like, am I orthodox? Am I traditional? Yeah. Am I just Jewish? Like, For where sure. do I fit in in that? And I think everyone has a different definition, and it's not about putting yourself in a box. And I think, like, that's where my passion really lies in Bashir, and in Judaism just in general. It's so much, it's not about black and white and being in a certain box. Um, and I think if you're looking for something that embraces those differences, then yeah. Bashir is a place to be. Yeah, that's such a good point. I just want to add that Bashar's questions aren't, like, as invasive as, like, the classic Shidduch profile question. Like, there's no, like, skirts only or oh, covers her hair. Yeah, yeah, No, it's, like, 
what's your favorite Jewish food? I think there's, like, a what summer camp did you go to? Yeah. And it, like, really leans into, like, just, like, Jewish culture and, like, you know, that Jewish geography fun. Um, I think there's, like, a, you know, like, it's typical just, like, starter questions. None of the, like, super crazy shit off questions. For and, sure. Like, if you want to ask those, it's up to you, but, like, there's no pressure to. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you mentioned your Jewish journey and something that I've been, I've noticed in myself in this year of Corona is that without all the pressure of going to large events and big meals, I have had like such a good like breathing room for like my social anxiety in general because I've definitely felt pressure to like fit into certain crowds and just to like immerse myself in places where like and kind of like fit into a certain thing like pressure upon myself and I just feel like this year I've really like come to accept myself where I'm at when it comes to like how I dress and how I practice Judaism and I'm aware that like for some people it may not always make sense but for me it makes sense and that's what matters and I'm just really happy I think that's been like one of the positive things for me like during corona times is like being able to be okay like with where I am religiously with like all this breathing room just being around like positive support group people it's just been like great and really relaxing so I'm curious if you feel like you've had any changes over this year in your Jewish journey. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, when we're not, like you said, like not pressured to be around other people who we feel like might be judging us, whether they are or not, when we're not pressured to like show up to Kiddish, look a certain way, talk to certain people, we can get down to the, you know, to give a chillant joke, the meat and potatoes of our community and of our social life. And I think especially like having to be careful about who you like physically expose yourself to has also made us at least myself has made me more aware of like the energies I'm exposing myself to and the people that I want to be around Mm. um like Rebecca said we are in the same pod and I'm so grateful to like have had a pod of like really great people um and really have just found my personal community in that I was struggling I think in the heights sometimes you know there's like oh there's these options and there are a lot of options but I think um I think sometimes there's still a lot of social pressure and a lot of social stigma and not everyone always fits in at a certain moment. And I think I was struggling with that when I first moved to the Heights. Um, I was still getting settled and then COVID hit, so I barely got settled. And now I've just had the time to really surround myself with people who I enjoy getting to know, I enjoy spending time with, who I don't necessarily agree with on everything, but I enjoy hearing their opinions. And I feel like there's no pressure to be a certain way we can really just focus on like hearing each other out and talking um and getting to know each other it's actually really funny because Rebecca and I weren't like we didn't know each other pre-pandemic but one of my close friends is Rebecca's roommate and that's how we ended up in the same pod like you know every like all your roommates become all your friends and all your roommates friends become your friends when you can only see so many people and like I think it's so good to know that like when you surround yourself with good people and they're surrounding themselves with good people like their roommates, like you just get more good people in your life. And I think I've really found my community in my pod because your vibe attracts your tribe. It really does. And I think like COVID has really, you know, now that like there's less distractions and less distracting, Oh, what meal you're going at, what like popular, um, you know, kiddish you're going to or where you're going out, Mose Shabbos, like that distraction's gone. You really got to focus on like what really makes you feel good because that stuff is limited nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. 
such an honor to be part of the pod. Yes. Thank God. Oh, thank God for our pod. And podcast. <laughs> Love that. Potting on the podcast. So now for this portion of the episode, we're going to talk about feminism in honor of Women's History Month and empowering our feminist journeys and just exploring it together because I don't know about you guys, but I just feel like it's such a big world of feminist thought out there that I'm sort of like slowly parsing my way through and trying to understand. Um, and personally for me, I have felt like a hard time really connecting to certain feminist ideals because I see a lot of feminists out there that are angry and, you know, I just like have this perception that like being a feminist is like, you know, yelling at people and like standing your ground. And I think also that like, that's just been hard for me to see. And like, also just personally not like, I don't feel very combative when it comes to my feminism, but at the same time, like my approach is like, I want to be able to create change, but I think like it's important to see the other side and not like alienate the other side because I don't think yelling really does any good. And so my point is that I wanted, I was just wanting, I was just talking to Maya about this the other day and she had a really like good perspective on it. And yeah, I'm just curious, like, do you feel like feminism is like this angry thing? Like, is it just like an angry mob of women? I think society um, portrays feminists and feminism you know, like, they call it bra-burning feminists. Like, that has a very, like, violent and just, like you said, combative connotation to it. And I think, at least for me, when I was, I still explore my feminism, but when I first started, like, thinking of associating myself with the word feminist, I was like, I'm not gonna, like, take off my bra and throw it at a park. Like, that's not me. And... I think society really portrays feminists as being angry and yelling at people and hating men. And I think there are people who express their feminism in that way. And I do think that sometimes you do need to stomp your feet and make some noise mm. to accomplish things. But I don't think feminism is just about burning bras. I think there's so much more to it. I think it's a lot about educating yourself educating other people yeah. and sitting down and having conversations. Um, I think also everyone can, everyone is going to express their, their feminism in different ways. To me, feminism is really just about like, it's about supporting other women and supporting yourself. And everyone has their own way of doing that. For some people, it's going and rallying at a women's march and for some people it's supporting their friends when they get a promotion or encouraging them to ask for a raise and I think you can be a feminist and you know incorporate those things daily in your life without you know feeling like there's like a fire burning necessarily I think for some people even just speaking up during a meeting could be their own way of embracing themselves as a strong woman and um, not feeling like um, they have to be quiet because they're a woman. And I think, like, there are ways to be yourself and let yourself be yourself without, you know, feeling like you need to be combative. Yeah. It seems like I'm also just, like, really falling for, like, a stereotype that, like, isn't really always accurate Yeah. for, like, most feminists. And I really like your approach and, like, meeting you where you're at and just, like, empowering women to speak up for themselves because... Yeah. I feel like we're always, like, apologizing and, like, 
I don't know. I've just been thinking about how, like, you know, I started this new job, and you know that music video of Taylor Swift and, like, The Man? You know yes. that one? Yes. Oh, I've been listening and to so that And so basically, one. if you guys haven't seen the music video, um, she basically dresses up as a man and plays through this whole scenario where she, like, acts like a man and talks about, like, what her life had been like if she was a man. And I just think, like, when I've started this new job, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go into it with, like, this... Like, I know what I'm talking about. And, like, I think it's such a... I think something I've also... You know, I talked about this in the quarter-life crisis about, like, credibility being claimed and that, like, if you want to get somewhere, yes, there's people that are going to say, like, okay, like, you deserve to be here. We want to raise you. But there's also, like, there's also a part of it that's just, like, I'm good at this. Like, I'm going to get where I'm at because I'm good at it. And, like, I'm going to tell you that I'm good at it and I'm going to show you that I'm good at it. And I think, like that's something that is a really something I can also really relate to and like want to be excited about like as a feminist like I think there is a role to yell and scream and to protest but I don't know if that's just my role and I feel like I just need to accept that like that's okay yeah I don't think you have to be one thing I think that's the whole point it's embracing who you are as a person and as a woman and if that means for you you know just embracing yourself in your job and like knowing that what you're worth and knowing what you know then like that's what's important and I do think like you know I'm definitely struggling with some of that like new job feelings of like you know like do I belong here like is this right and I think I think they say it in Parks and Rec and they also say it in the bold type where they're like go in there with the confidence of you know just any old an average white man and like Mm. you know I think sometimes that's like a good energy to realize like I think sometimes we're you know we're told that like society tells us we need to be shy and meek to accomplish things but we don't have to be you know we can own up to ourselves in whatever way that comes out in our everyday life but just owning up to who you are and being yourself to the fullest and not letting whatever expectation society has on you impact you like just letting yourself be you and I really think that's like at the core not only like feminism, but Judaism. I think for me, for both of those things, that's what it's about. It's not you are, you aren't. Um, it's all about just that being you. So was there like a turning point when you decided like, okay, like I'm a feminist. Like I realize I'm a feminist. Like personally for me, I mean, this is kind of an odd moment for me to have it, but it was when like this guy like was just kind of insistent that I like cover my hair and like wear skirts. And I was like, this is where I have to draw a line. And this is where I'm going to have to stand up and be like, no. And we had a really big fight about it. And he was like, you think I'm a misogynistic asshole? And I was like, no, I don't. This is just a boundary that I'm not comfortable with crossing. Um, But it was like that moment where I was like, realized that like, I have to stand up for like what I want and I'm not going to change because someone else wants me to change. Mm -hmm. And it was a hard realization. Um, So that's also why I feel like it's been tinged for difficulty with me. But I'm curious about if you had like a turning point. I don't know if I had, like, a specific moment. I think it was just, like, over time. I read um, when I was, I don't remember how old I was, but when I was younger, like, pre-high school, I read a book called um, Cinderella Ate My Daughter by Peggy Ornstein. And it's all about how um, the media and commercialism have really, you know, encouraged little girls to love pink and love princesses. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with liking pink or princesses. It's why can't they also like trucks Mm. and Legos and things like that. And I didn't realize 
at the time, but I think that was really my first introduction to feminism. Um, now, recently, I actually read one of Peggy Ornstein's newest books called Boys and Sex, and it's all about toxic masculinity um, and how culture has sort of shaped that. She also has one called Girls and Sex. Um, I think she's a really great writer and just sort of finds a way to have a conversation but also provide statistics. Um, mm -hmm. And I think throughout my life, I've just, you know... Yeah, I don't know if there was a specific moment. There were just steps along the way that um, just sort of happened. I actually used to be, like, hesitant of identifying as a feminist because I was like, oh, my God, like, they're so out there protesting and, like, I want to wear a bra and, like, you know, like... So really the bra was getting you. It really was. Like, I know I keep talking about yeah, it, yeah. but, like, you it felt really, really was. your bra. Yeah. And, like... I don't know, like, I think it was, like you said, like, it's just, like, the stereotypes. I was like, is this, like, high this? And, like, for a while I was really hesitant to even, like, use that word to identify myself. But the more I just sort of, like, learned about other feminists and, like, what that could mean, and, like, I found a way to identify that for myself. And now just bringing it back to the present, I wanted to ask Maya what her plans are in store for the upcoming holiday of Passover. What am I doing for Pesach? I am, thank God, vaccinated, so I am going to fly home to Florida to see my lovely family. Um, I cannot wait for some sun to, you know, work from home by the pool. So like, nice. The best. COVID dream. Yeah, honestly. And it's, honestly, I have some PTSD because last time I was home for Pesach, it wasn't a choice. No. Oh, my and God. And part of me is like, am I going to get stuck there again? Oh, my God. And I and know I have stuck a... there for months last year. I was, stuck, I was at home for five months last year. So, I know I have a flight back, but there's <laughs> definitely... <laughs> it's like, but will... You never know after last year. Like, I'm a little bit fearful, you know? Like, there's definitely some PTSD there. Um, That's scary. I'll give but I think, I think it'll be good. I'm just excited to, like, enjoy some sun and then come back to New York when it's no longer winter. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be back, because I'll still be here holding down the fort. No, no, no. I'm definitely going to be back. I have to take care of my plants. Like, they can't die. It's true. Honestly, like that's a big worry going home. So Are my true. plants gonna die? You gotta give your roommates some rules. I suggested to my roommates like I would write something out and like take a video and show them what to do, and they're like, "No, that's gonna stress me out." That's like, a lot. <laughs> that's an intense roommate thing to do. I'm a crazy plant mom. Like, I will send you tutorials. I'm like, Don't I need updates it. on my plants. Like I'm, subtitles on them. They need picture. <laughs> No, I'll walk them through, just be like, hey, these are the important ones, don't cool. overwater these. You'll be cool about it. And if something dies, send me a picture of it so I know? I don't know. Mm. They're just my plants, you know? In any case, I wish you so much luck with the well-being of your plants. Thank you. They, and they're gonna need I hope it, you I have think. an amazing Passover, and... Yeah, just thank you so much for being on this episode. This has been such a great conversation. And thanks for, you know, just, like, helping girl out who's struggling in her feminist journey. Like, I, I personally needed that. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored that, like, you brought me on to talk about feminism. And, like, listen, no one's having an easy time with feminism or dating. For so, sure. So, like, I think just and, talking about it. And I brought you on to talk about Basharit. Yes. So download Basharit. Um, give it a try and, you know, see if you can find your Basharit. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. Looking forward to future episodes with you all. Bye. Bye. Bye.